Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the Old Testament book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, as well as chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Do you remember your great-grandmother? I knew mine, but just barely. My grandmother was the oldest of my great-grandmother's children. I am the oldest of my great-grandmother's great-grandchildren. So I was lucky enough to know my great-grandmother, even just barely, before she died. I remember only a, a few things about her now. I remember that she loved her poodles so much that she had their toenails painted. I remember that she had beautiful azaleas in her backyard, and she said that the secret was fertilizing them with cow manure, which she got right out of the cow pasture herself, and she made chicken and dumplings for me. I love chicken and dumplings. Do you love chicken and dumplings? She made them better than any I've ever had before. My, my mother, uh, I'm thankful that my mother learned how to cook them using my great-grandmother's recipe. The water must boil hard before you put in the dumplings. That's the trick. I remember that much. But this is the point. Now I know that chicken and dumplings is a dish people made when there wasn't anything else. 
It's one of those dishes that became popular during the Great Depression. You don't need much to make chicken and dumplings, just flour, water, what else? It, it tastes good, but, but people like my great-grandmother didn't make it because it tasted good. If they had pasta or bread or pot roast, they would have, they would have made that instead and wouldn't have messed with chicken and dumplings. They made chicken and dumplings because they had children to feed while all they had to feed them was a, a chicken carcass, some flour, salt, and maybe some lima beans. What about your great-grandmother? What about King David's great-grandmother? The story of Ruth is the story of King David's great-grandmother. It's one of the most beautiful stories in the entire Bible, and I believe that it is true. Do you know how I know that the story of Ruth is true? It's because you wouldn't have made it up this way. That's how I know. Historians who make things up tell stories that make the king look especially good. Had the story of King David's lineage been made up by a royal historian, he would have told us that the king's great-grandmother was a beautiful princess of noble origin. She'd, she'd never worked a day in her life. She did not have calluses on her hands from gleaning in the fields. She certainly never laid down on the threshing floor. She was well-born, wealthy, royal, and perfect and was most certainly not a migrant who survived by her wits and her desperation. We know that the Bible is true because only the Bible would tell us what everyone else would never talk about. Only the Bible would tell you that the greatest of Israel's kings is the great-grandson of a refugee. Only the Bible would tell you that in desperation she gleaned from the field. Only the Bible would, would tell you, would take the time to tell you that this Ruth, this widowed foreign refugee is not only the great-grandmother of King David, but stands in the line of Jesus Christ, the great Redeemer King. Do you know what I'm saying? On this Kirken of the Tartan Sunday... One of my favorite Sundays of the year, the only day of the year when I wear this kilt. I've never had this kilt dry clean because I've only worn it four times before today. On this Kirkin of the Tartan Sunday, we celebrate the Scottish roots of the Presbyterian Church. For years ago, the first Presbyterians came to this country from Scotland. They came searching for what they didn't have back in the old country. They wanted freedom. And here, what did they find? They might not have gleaned for wheat in the field, but you know that they settled in places called Cabbage Town. So prevalent was the smell of cooking cabbage because they didn't have anything else to eat. They took jobs in textile mills, even the children. They stacked field stones into fences like the ones they had back home. They kept their heads held high, though life pushed them down. 
Of course, some came over here from Scotland with, with plenty, but think for a second about your great-grandmother. What did she have? How did she live? How is your life today better because of the sacrifices that she made? Consider her faithfulness. The book of Ruth is named after Ruth, It's not named after Boaz. That's because Boaz isn't the hero of the story. The hero in King David's story and every family's history, even if we forgot her name, is so often a poor woman who kept going even after everything was taken away. Who was your great-grandmother? Who was David's great-grandmother? Who are the great-grandmothers of this church? Did you know that there were only about 12 families, around 90 people, who collected their coins, sold a hog or two, went without, made a sacrifice so that we could have our sanctuary built by less than 100 people to seat 400? That's how many they said it would seat. And, uh, of course, you can't seat 400 of us in there. We're talking about some malnourished fannies if 400 are going to be seated in those pews. But consider for a moment their sacrifice. Consider for a moment their idealism. Think about how they dreamed of a better life for us. On the other hand... What are we doing with what they've given? Who are we? Are we heirs to their legacy? Do we honor their sacrifices with our way of life? Personally, sometimes I just don't know because I have more than my great-grandmother ever did. You could fit two of her houses in our one. Now, our dogs don't have painted toenails, but we are living high on the hog. We don't need to make chicken and dumplings because there is more than enough in our refrigerator, in our pantry, in our deep freeze. Yet, are we giving as much as she gave? Are we sacrificing as much as she sacrificed? Are we giving our great-grandchildren as much as our great-grandmothers have given to us? Today is not only Kirkland of the Tartan Sunday, it's also the day when we are all asked to think about what we'll be giving to this church in the coming year. How much will it be? How much can we afford? These are good questions, but here's a better one for us to ask ourselves. How much did your great-grandmother give to you? What did she sacrifice so that you could have a better life? We keep on telling the story of Ruth. It's there in the Bible. So that we will remember where we came from. King David is the descendant of a woman not so different from the lady who cleans our houses or the men who cuts our grass. 
She didn't speak the language. She didn't have any papers. She was the most at risk. She was desperate and in danger. And without her and what she was willing to do, there would be no King David. Without your great-grandmother, where would you be? What did she sacrifice so that we could have this church and the life that we have? And what might we give today so that all great-grandchildren might have it even better? Our church is one of the pillars of this community. We've been here for nearly 200 years, but it is up to us to ensure that we will be here for another 200 my friends, I have filled out our pledge card. It's right here. We are giving more than we did last year. Though all I really want you to know is this, that by this pledge card, I am saying that this is our church. This is the church of my wife and our children, and I'm going to give of what I have, the breath that God has put in my lungs, the strength of my words, and the dreams of my heart, that this church be a beacon of hope, a sanctuary for sinners, and a light to the darkness for generations to come. But what about you? Are you with me? Are you ready to take up the example set by our great-grandmothers? If you are, then fill out your pledge card. I don't care if you're visiting this church for the first time. Fill it out. <laughs> no, don't. Just be a guest. But if you're a member of this church, fill out a pledge card. Take the pledge card in the pew rag that's right in front of you. There'll be a QR code on the screen. You can hold up the camera on your phone to go straight to a, a pledge card filling out thing on your phone. I mean, this is uptown, y'all. Take out your phones. Scan that thing. But don't worry so much about the amount. Consider the widow's might. Just make a commitment to give. For ours is a fast food culture of fast food fixes. We get hungry and reach for fried chicken, then to be happy, our consumer culture sells us KFC for the soul. Let me tell you that despite what the commercials say, you will never be as happy as when you give to something bigger than yourself. The two best days of a boat owner are the day he bought it and the day he sold it. That's because we keep and we spend and it leaves us empty. But when we give, it fills us up. Take out your phone. Use that QR code. Make a commitment to this church. Use the pledge card. Please. Fill out your pledge card now if you haven't already. Now I'm going to stand here and stare at you until you all do. <laughs> no, I'm not. But take a moment and do it if you haven't done it already. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays 
at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.